five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. This is about space. America's return to space with news and information on our U.S. space program. From our About Space Today World Headquarters, I'm John Gomez. SpaceX's Crew-8 needs the media for the first time. The Space Shuttle Endeavor is going vertical once again. And Kentucky sends out a travel ad for aliens. You'll hear about this and more next as America and the world are listening to About Space Today. D&D Cruise and Tours is the official agent for About Space and we invite you to come fly away to all-inclusive resort island destinations or a cruise vacation from Port Canaveral and even visit the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex or just come and see the parks. Call for a discount cruise or an island getaway or the Florida beaches. Call today. The call is free and so are our services. Call 877-747-8631. That's 877-747-8631. We are Florida's group travel specialists. Welcome back. On January 26th, the crew of SpaceX's upcoming Crew-8 mission met with the media to introduce themselves and to answer some questions. Mission pilot Mike Barrett got things started. Uh, first of all, it's it's a real pleasure and a great honor for us to be here, both as a crew, as uh, some of you know, we kind of enjoy being together, uh, but also with y'all. Uh, this traditionally marks an inflection point in our preparation for spaceflight, where we have finished a really brisk training flow, a very busy one, uh, and now are deemed spaceflight ready. And it gives us a chance to pause and to think about all the people, the large community that helped get us and our spaceships ready to go. Uh, it also makes us think about the, the responsibility, the very serious responsibility of running the International Space Station, which the world has built. We accept that responsibility with humility and respect. We will carry a lot of our community with us when we get up there, and we are really looking forward to our respective launches on the uh, Dragon and the Soyuz. So welcome, we would like to welcome you as well. Uh, it is not lost on us that today is the day of remembrance. Um, we really thank NASA for keeping this tradition going. This is a chance for us to honor our fallen space brothers and sisters uh, and to really reflect on the purpose of the exploration effort. And it also gives us a chance to affirm that purpose and to muddle forward with determination, with ferocity, with, with, uh, with real seriousness. But we do it in a way that relentlessly identifies these risks and manages them to the best uh, that we can. And keeping this day of remembrance ensures that that mindset is baked into NASA's DNA and everything we do. So I thank the agency for keeping this day sacred to us. The crew then talked about some of the things that they'll be taking with them on their mission, as well as how they are planning to capture this April's solar eclipse. The big difference now is the, the camera complement that we have. The imagery will be, I think, much more crisp and, and much, uh, we have much more capable uh, cameras on board. So um, we are still waiting for that. I guarantee you that they will be fine-tuning that plan until the, the day before the eclipse. Uh, but we will stand ready on our very unique platform to capture it the best we can. The crew was also asked about some of the experiments they'll be conducting during their mission. There are so many experiments uh, we do. We have multiple centers. We've traveled all over the world setting up to operate experiments. Um, when people ask, what is it you, what is it you do? Uh, 
I try to boil it down to something simple. I'm a mechanic, right? I've got to fix the space station when it breaks, and I'm a lab technician. And then third, I'm, you know, I'm part of the experiment. I think the most, experiment, most important experiment we're doing as we move humanity forward uh, into the solar system is getting, getting more statistical significance to all of the experiments we've done. So I view myself as, you know, in statistics, we refer to the number of samples as n. I refer to myself as another n, right? And each n we get into orbit uh, helps us move science forward. Uh, an example of one experiment uh, that I'm involved in uh, from the medical side is uh, I won't be using the treadmill on orbit. Uh, we have a treadmill, we have a bike, and we have a, a weightlifting device on the space station. And it, to me, uh, you know, a treadmill takes up a lot of space, and flying in space, uh, having a mass is a penalty that you have to lift off with fuel and move around uh, wherever you're going. And so a treadmill takes up a lot of space, and there's a hypothesis out there that maybe we could do without a treadmill and only use other, uh, other devices and still not have uh, bone loss or other impacts. So that's just one example of all of the science we're going to be doing. Finally, About Space Today's own David Denault had a great question for the crew that got quite a few laughs. Take a listen. Hey, my question is for the space commander, Matthew Dominic. How was it decided? Uh, did you all draw straws with your names in a hat <laughs> to decide that Dave Dyson, your flight engineer, would be on the Soyuz MS-25 spacecraft? Do we all draw straws? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean about how how we were assigned? He's like, oh yeah, Tracy Jurassic drew straws. We all just go. <laughs> uh, that is uh, a task that occurs uh, at the CB chief. Our our about CB. That makes no sense. That's our mail code. We refer to everything here by a mail code for some reason. Uh, the chief of the astronaut office, um, and then above, uh, sit down and find groups of people that they think work well together based upon their diversity of experience. And then uh, one day you get a phone call. So that's about our insight into the process. <laughs> What he's actually saying is that because I'm by myself, <laughs> that I can't work with him. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> I very much enjoy working with Tracy. We trust Tracy to work alone and by herself. I need lots of supervision. I want to emphasize, though, that uh, who flies on the Dragon, who flies on the Soyuz is kind of akin to what commuter car you're taking to work. We are Expedition 71, and uh, that is a, just a couple of days out of a 189-day nominal mission where we're going to be working together up there so it's a great question but but really it's the the overall team that we have on space station that really counts we're not we're not wearing crew eight shirts and, and 71s shirts right we're wearing expedition 71 shirts for a reason we're one team right great question david can't wait to hear the next one as of now there is no firm launch date though nasa expects a launch in late february or early march make sure you like and subscribe to about space today on your favorite podcast site or on youtube so you know when crew eight will launch to the space station in other news, the California Science Center in Los Angeles is expanding and adding an incredible display. The Samuel Ocean Air and Space Center is a new 200,000 square foot space for exhibits, events, and educational programs. And its centerpiece? A fully vertical space shuttle Endeavor, complete with an ET-94 external tank and solid rocket boosters, making it the only place in the world to see a complete space shuttle system. So whose idea was it to present a space shuttle in a fully vertical position inside a museum? Jeffrey Rudolph, President and Chief Executive Officer of the California Science Center, told us. This is a vision that actually we had 30 years ago. We said the best way to display it would be in launch position. Not only the best position, but the most technically challenging position to possibly put it into. Absolutely true. So how do you set up a full shuttle display inside a museum? Well, you build a museum. 
around it. So the museum, quite literally, as you're moving these pieces into place, is being built around us. Yeah, we're actually putting in the shuttle and then we'll finish the rest of the building around and above it. The Samuel Ocean Air and Space Center is set to open sometime in 2025, though the Endeavor exhibit might not open until 2026. Now for the lighter side of space news. The Lexington Convention and Visitors Bureau, known as Visit Lex, has a new advertising campaign targeting extraterrestrial visitors to come and visit. Their message is twofold. Come visit, but please don't eat us. Earlier this month, staff beamed a welcome message to the TRAPPIST-1 system, 40 light years from Earth and home to a number of planets that many think could harbor alien life. The message was beamed up from the Kentucky Horse Park and invited any potential extraterrestrial visitors who might fancy a trip to the Bluegrass State. Members of the Visit Lex team talked about the reason for their invite. We're targeting the Trappist One system because we might actually get an answer in somebody's lifetime if there's somebody there watching. All of the things that we've been beaming into space, why not a positive, friendly message? I think saying, hey, we're nice and friendly people and we have horses and bourbon and dopamine, um, don't eat us. We have this neat hub of creativity. It's just people who get to have the freedom to think a little bit differently. It does seem as if it's this place that is very welcoming. Here's our chance to really demonstrate that we are a beautiful culture, a beautiful community, and that we want to share that with the galaxy. While it appears to be a standing invitation to visit Kentucky, there was no mention of free or reduced rate hotel rooms or free tickets to the Kentucky Derby. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, AboutSpace.Today, for launches and landings, and invite your family and friends to listen weekly. Be sure to join David Denault for Special Report and Don Meyer every Friday for America in Space. To all of our listeners around the world and here in the U.S., thanks for joining me. I'm John Gomez, and this has been About Space Today.